We're at that point in the service where we listen to the word of God. That's on page 14. You notice up at the top it says that when we listen to God's word, um, we're invited to make the biblical story our story and to see ourselves as characters in the drama of redemption. We are in the 12 days of Christmas, so Christ has been born and the innocents have been slaughtered and the wise men are on their way. And so we're gonna pray that we're guided by the same light that the wise men were guided by in the hope of the sure and certain knowledge that Christ will come again. Heavenly Father, we do ask that you would inhabit your word this morning and that we would uh, know you in uh, very real ways, that you would fill our, uh, our hearts with hope for your return, for hope for your active work in the world that we live in. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. This reading comes from 1 Peter 1, 3 through 13 in the New International Version. Listen for the word of the Lord. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace that is to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. The word of the Lord. Thank you. A little feedback here. Okay, I think we've got this under control. <laughs> All right. 
Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the birth of a baby is sometimes referred to as a blessed event. So people ask, when is a blessed event due? Have you ever wondered what this blessed event is like from the baby's point of view? I frankly don't remember, but I think if, if I could kind of put myself back in that situation, I don't know if I would be so excited about what's going on. The time before we are born seemed like a pretty comfortable existence to me. It's like being in a nice warm bath. The baby doesn't even have to breathe. And then someone pulls the plug. Hey, who don't let all the water out? Hey, hey, it's getting awful tight in here. And then there's this blinding light. And hey, who hit me? <laughs> and now I have to fight for every breath. Put me back. <laughs> I don't want to be out here. What kind of mother are you anyway? <laughs> Birth can be difficult and even painful for mother and child. And yet, we call it a blessed event. And the time of waiting for the arrival of the child is filled with anticipation. The holiday season is a mixture of hurt and hope. When is your family celebrating Christmas? When, in other words, will the blessed event happen in your home? Have a Merry Christmas. Oh, we will, we hope. And yet, we should acknowledge that for many, Christmas is not without heartache. And today, people will say, Happy New Year. But some seriously wonder how happy the New Year will be. People have all kinds of problems. All kinds of problems. Health problems financial problems, personal problems, family struggles, and there's a struggle of celebrating while at the same time there's a grief in your heart of some kind of loss. And yet, at the beginning of a new year, it's a time filled with hope because the heart of the human history at the heart of the human history is a story of Christ's hope. A world waiting for the blessed event, the coming of the Christ. I want to kind of roughly divide this sermon into three points, looking back, looking forward, and then focusing on the present. First, let's look back a minute. 
We look back and we remember the long wait for the coming of the baby Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 1, we read about the waiting of God's people for the birth of the Messiah. The prophets who prophesied of the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired about the salvation that was to come. The prophets were watching in faith, looking for a sign. When is the blessed event due? And then one day, it happened. It happened. It really happened. The Son of God was born of the Virgin Mary, and Christ came into the world. His coming was also not without pain. Yes, of course, the usual pains of childbirth, but much more than that. There was the slaughter of the innocents in Bethlehem, a foreshadowing of the heartache that was to come to Mary for the disciples and for Jesus. Jesus suffered with us and for us. Yeah. The prophets we read predicted, predicted his suffering. He had no form nor comeliness that we should look upon him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And with his stripes, we are healed. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And yet we call it blessed. Blessed. A blessed event. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in him. As the prophet predicted, and he ascended into heaven. And now we wait again. Let's look forward for a few minutes. We wait for the blessed event of Christ's coming again. And come he will. When is that blessed event going to happen? When will it be? We don't know. It always feels like it's going to be soon especially when life gets difficult. Surely we say the world can't go on like this too much longer. Soon he will come again. And what a blessed event that will be. And so there is hope. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace that is to be given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. He is coming again, folks. He's coming again. Not without pain, but in the end, there will be terrible suffering indeed. But Jesus said, when all these things come upon you, that is the time 
that things are going to start looking up. There is hope. There is hope. They are the signs that the blessed event is underway. Your redemption is drawing near. I heard once that there are two ways of reacting to a siren. One is, oh no, someone's in trouble. On the other hand, oh good, help is on the way. Similarly, I think there are two ways to react to the signs of the end times. The prophets proclaimed that he is like a refiner's fire. He is going to judge the living and the dead. But when the signs of the time scream that the end of the world is coming, what shall we say? Now we're in trouble? Yes. But also, help is on the way. The blessed event is due at any time. Now let me focus on the present for a moment. Christ has come, and he's coming again. And we, in the present time, live suspended between these two blessed events, living in our own blessed event, in a way, on the one hand, the blessed event has already begun. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That has already happened, folks. Christ rose from the dead. On the other hand, the blessed event is still awaiting completion. St. Francis of Assisi put it this way. It is in dying that we are born to eternal life. You and I are in the process of being born to eternal life. And that is not without suffering, is it? As our passage says, now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Yet the passage implies, does it not? that these sufferings are a kind of a blessed event. It refines your faith. James says, get this, count it all joy whenever you face trials of any kind so that you may be mature and complete. Count it all joy when you face trials. The apostle Paul put it this way, we rejoice, and there's that word again, in the hope of the glory of God. Not only, all, not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. Well, what kind of sense does that make? 
I would like you to dwell with me for a few moments on this picture of human suffering as a kind of birth process. We are born to a living hope. All of us are being slowly, surely, and sometimes painfully pushed out of this life as a baby gets pushed out into the outside world. So too, this world gets smaller and smaller. It contains, it can contain us no longer. As we grow in Christ, we outgrow this life. Now, from our point of view, with our limited perspective, human suffering seems grievous and fills us with questions. Much, I would think, as the struggle of being born would raise protests from the baby. But we who have already been through it know that once we were born, we entered into a fuller life. And that is also the way it is going to be for us. So it is with us as the children of God. Jesus has already been through it. He has passed from death into life. What's in store for us is an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer. You see, God has a different perspective on it. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul writes, I consider that our present suffering is not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope, there's that word again, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and be brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have been the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our body, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But we hope for what is, we do not yet have, and we wait for it patiently. Romans 8. And our hope comes alive <clears throat> as more and more we adopt God's perspective. You see, we give the events of our lives their meaning, don't we? Those without hope in the world see their suffering as meaning that God has forgotten them. Those who hope in the Lord see their suffering 
as meaning that things are going to look up. We understand that birth pains are the healthy signs that the blessed event of our deliverance is now nearer than when we first believed. That is why our passage says, prepare your minds, prepare your minds, and set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you. In fact, curiously, even this very process of having our faith tested makes it stronger. The testing of our faith in the end turns it into a blessed event. I don't know if you've ever heard of something called kitsugi. It is a process by which you restore a broken pot, a broken clay vessel. And what you do is you glue it together with a, a mixture of gold and adhesive. And all the fracture lines are now highlighted in gold. And it's an intriguing thing to see. You can look it up on the internet sometime. Kintsugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. Isn't that something? Our very suffering has transformed into something precious. We all want eternal life in the end, but on our way, we also want the assurance of salvation. And the testing of our faith, interestingly enough, in the end, increases our assurance. How does that work? I see it something like this. Have you ever had something happen that tore your life apart? Have you had times of physical, emotional, or spiritual pain that also threatens to tear your faith apart? And afterwards we say, it's a miracle I believe anything anymore. And we say that sometimes with a touch of defense. It's a miracle I still believe. Like a child who doesn't not want to be delivered. What's going on here? Put me back. What kind of God are you anyway? It's a miracle I believe anything anymore. <laughs> and I picture God smiling and saying, yep, yep. You're right. It is a miracle that you still believe. It is a miracle of my grace. I have just proved that you really are my child. Wow. As the year passes, 2023 is fading into the history books. I do not know what happiness you left behind. Perhaps you find yourself looking back with longing and looking ahead with despair. Or perhaps you look back even further to some other times of peace and joy and you long for the good old days. Do you ever feel like saying to God as you remember happier times, put me back? <laughs> 
Or maybe the good old days are right now for you. Maybe you look at you you look at this time with very tremendous gratitude. And that sometime or other you will certainly sooner or later look back with regret. It happens to all of us. Sooner or later, you will go through some kind of pain. Let me remind you that these are all signs of hope. God is at work calling you from a dying present to a living future. The new year is almost here. The old year is sometimes pictured as an old man with a long gray beard and a cane. And the new year is sometimes pictured as a baby. I think it's a good reminder. It's a clever picture. A good reminder that we must let the old nature be put to death in us and the new nature come fully alive. I do not know what of pain or sorrow you have had, are having, or will have. But I do know that we have a God of hope. May we echo this psalm. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness and of your salvation all day long, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Your righteousness, O Lord, reaches to the skies, you who have done great things. Who, O God, is like you? Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. You will increase my honor and comfort me once again. Through the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord also says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen. Shall we pray? I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great Amen.